0: So usually when uh, royal family members get married, there are usually big ceremonies, wedding, and a press conference. For example, Princess Ayako, uh, she had this like gorgeous like kimono when she got married at the major shrine. But today, uh, Mako didn't go through any of those uh, ceremonies. Just an uh, official of the Imperial Household Agency filed a marriage paper and that's how she got married
1: Hello and welcome to Deep Dive from the Japan Times, I'm Oscar Boyd When I think of a royal wedding I imagine celebration and pageantry, a ceremony steeped in tradition at some ancient and palatial building in the heart of an old city Maybe some flag waving in the streets by people eager to see a newlywed royal couple But for Princess Mako, who married Kei Komoro on Tuesday this week there was none of that there was only the perfunctory stamping of documents followed by a muted press conference. Hardly the stuff of fairy tales.
0: There was no decoration. It was just a regular hotel room. There was no applause. They made a speech about how they feel. And they also described that Mako suffered stress because of the whole whole scandal.
1: The couple's marriage has been rocked by scandal since it was first reported that they planned to marry back in 2017. And now that the wedding has finally taken place, in what might seem like a strange twist to anyone unfamiliar with the workings of the Japanese imperial family, Princess Mako has lost the royal status she has held since birth, and now joins her husband as a commoner.
0: Now that she uh, married, she's no longer called Princess. So we used to call her Mako-sama, but uh, lots of media now call her Mako-san.
1: My guest today is AFP reporter Natsuko Fukue, who joins us to explain the intricacies of Princess Mako's marriage and what her departure might mean for the future of the imperial family. Natsuko Fukue, thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: And you've just joined us straight from the press conference that followed on from the marriage of Princess Mako to Kei So you spent the afternoon up close with the couple. But before we get into that marriage, could we start with some context? Who is Princess Mako?
0: So Princess Mako is the daughter, eldest daughter of Crown Prince Akishino. So he's first in line and her uncle is the current emperor. Uh, Naruhito. So she has also a younger sister and she has a younger brother, Hisahito, who is now 15. And in Japan, only male can ascend the crescent month Thrones. So Hisahito is in the second in line. And given that the father, uh, Akishino, he's 55 years old, and Emperor uh, Naruhito is like 61. So, given the age, it's possible, I think, that Hizahito is expected to, to take the throne.
1: After the current emperor?
0: Probably, yeah.
1: So, Princess Mako is a very significant member of the imperial family, just by nature of who she's related to. What do we know about her personality or who she is as a person?
0: Uh, so, she, she studied uh, art, like, or museum, about museum uh she did a exchange student program i think in uh, uh edinburgh university mm-hmm. and then after that she she did a master's program in the u k and i think what's interesting about Mako and also her younger sister Kako is that they they both went to uh the prestigious i c u Uh, This the university, International Christian University. Uh, Usually, royal family members go to another school called Gakushuin, but Mako decided to go to ICU. And I have an impression that ICU is a lot more international. Probably lots of students who have international background. So while I think her father and emperor and the emperor's daughter, they all went to Gakushuin, but... Mako and her sister, chose to go to this university. Mm -hmm. Maybe indicating they have more, I don't know, sort of free spirit or something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it was at this International Christian University in Tokyo, right, that she met Kei Komuro, who is now her husband. Uh, When exactly did they meet and, and what do we know of how they met?
0: So they met at the university in 2012. And... Actually, it was a I think tabloid that uh, reported about the relationship. I don't know if you know, but there was a picture of them kind of being a bit like closer. Mm. I think on a train, and so I think the rumour started soon after that. You know, I think Komuro proposed and they announced the an engagement in two thousand seventeen.
1: And what do we know about Kei Moro?
0: It's interesting because given the current situation and the scandal. When their relationship was revealed by media, I think media really started <laughs> digging about him. And actually, he grew up with her, his uh, mother. So his mother is a single mother. Mm. And uh, he was also a local ambassador of a city near Tokyo. For the job, the title was called Prince of Sea. So media love that kind of name because, you know, it's got the title Prince. And uh, at that time, uh, for example, the Asahi Daily reported about him. Uh, I think they really tried to understand his personality. So they asked around his friends or people who worked with him when he was this local ambassador. And so they had this headline, like a uh, prince of sea who look good in white t-shirt, uh, white, a <laughs> white shirt, actually. Uh, so <laughs> I think he was so really portrayed as a nice, vibrant, you know, young man who is intelligent and international.
1: You mentioned that Kei Komoro originally proposed to Princess Mako in 2017. And initially when that proposal happened, the pair announced that they were planning to get married in November of 2018, almost three years ago now. So Why did it take so long for the wedding to actually take place?
0: So several months after their announcement of engagement, this magazine reported about financial difficulties involving uh, Komura's mother. And it was reported that she borrowed money, uh, about uh, 4 million yen from her then-fiancé. But because apparently she didn't uh, pay him back, it became a huge scandal.
1: And it was the former fiancé who came out and told the tabloids that he was owed this money, but only after the engagement between Princess Mako and Kei Komura was announced, right?
0: Yes, yes. But now actually uh, Komuro recently revealed all the details about this exchange and he explained that actually her, the mother's uh, former fiancé previously said that he didn't need the money back uh, and Komuro is offering to, to pay him back but the, it, hasn't, it hasn't finished yet.
1: Mm, so there's differing accounts. Kei Komoro says the money was a gift from the former fiancé with no expectation for it to be paid back, while the former fiancé says that it was a loan that was never repaid by Komoro's mother.
0: Mm. And it, it really became a, a huge news in Japan.
1: And why did it become such big news? Because you know, I, I'd understand it more if Kei Komura himself owed a lot of money to someone. But this seems to be more of a problem between his mother and her former fiance than a problem of Kei Kumaro himself.
0: That's it's it's hard to say. I, I feel like when I'm talking with you know friends or actually non non Japanese friends, I would say mm-hmm. uh, lots of them said to me that. But it's his mother's problem, uh, not his. But you know, I I think Japanese have such a high respect to you know, royal family members, you know, they show us really good examples, right, as a person. And knowing that he, even indirectly, he was involved in this kind of sort of money scandal, then people, I think, started to have a really negative impression on him.
1: So some people thought that by him marrying a significant member of the imperial family with... His own family's history of money problems; he would somehow stain the reputation of the imperial family.
0: Yes, and I think even if that's probably not that was not true, I think lots of people started to speculate things, and uh, there were lots of like online comments saying that maybe he's after money, mm. or his mother is after money. So unfortunately, this uh, uh, report started to have negative impact on the reputation of the royal family members
1: and how did this ballooning scandal impact upon the planned marriage between princess mako and komora
0: so mako announced a postponement of the wedding saying that they were too much in a hurry she actually didn't say that it was because of the scandal she she only said that the probably they hurried too much and at that time, the Imperial Household Agency said that the it would be postponed to 2020. But the official date for the wedding uh, wasn't finalized until very recently.
1: And it was only this week that the wedding actually yes. finally ended up happening. Yes. So throughout this period, how were the couple treated by the media in Japan?
0: So I think different kinds of media treated them differently. But they were harshly I think criticized and portrayed negatively by tabloids and also in Japan we have this daytime show called like Waido Show Uh, so it's like information but entertainment shows so they focused a lot on this financial problems uh, on Komuro's side and there are lots of speculations and i think Tavlo is really trying to uh, dig out some details from uh, his mother's side mm. and a lot of negative comments on twitter online platforms and when articles come out on for example yahoo japan people can leave comments mm. and those comments were often very negative
1: and this led to the recent reports that princess mako was actually suffering from ptsd as a result of the criticism that the couple had received throughout this period
0: yes yes so uh, a doctor who who saw her uh, said that she's suffering from ptsd and it's because i think she's exposed constantly to this kind of information i think it's hard for her actually she she explained during this, uh, today's press conference uh, that um, a lot of things uh, said in media, or especially tabloids uh, and rumors, hmm. uh, they were not true, but they were described as truth, and that was very hard for her. And she used uh, this word, this like strong sense of fear, and then this shows that she's under a lot of stress and she's in fear.
1: We've touched on this a little bit so far, but I'd like to go into more detail about what happens to Princess Mako throughout this process of getting married to a commoner. So could you explain that to me? What does the wedding of Princess Mako and Kei Komoro mean for Mako's status within the royal family?
0: So because she's a woman and she married a commoner, uh, so under the imperial household rule, she she actually lost her royal title. So she became a commoner.
1: And why did this happen?
0: Uh, so there is a, a law set up since uh, after the World War II. And under this law, only men can ascend the throne. Hmm. Uh, that, that's how it is.
1: And so as part of this law, all the female members of the royal family, if they don't marry another member of the royal family, which they can't really do because the family is so small and all blood related, they must leave the imperial family if they marry a commoner?
0: So if they don't marry, they can or they, they stay as a royal family members. But if they marry someone not royal, then the law stipulates that they, they have to get out.
1: So as part of this law that says that princesses must leave the imperial household if they marry commoners, Uh, The princesses are entitled to a dowry from the government to help them start their new life. This is worth about 150 million yen or approximately 1.3 million dollars and is funded by the taxpayer. Will Princess Mako be receiving this?
0: Uh, So the answer is no. Uh, She actually expressed the wish to decline uh, receiving this money Hmm. again because of the scandal. So usually, like female royal members, receive this big amount of money uh, when they marry and leave uh, the royal family. So basically, uh, because of the yeah scandal, Marco decided not to receive because she. I mean, the couple, you know, had been criticized severely because of the money scandal. Mm. I, I I think she thought it would be best not to receive the payment mm-hmm. and uh yeah iha announced it
1: so she didn't want to reinforce this idea that had been floating around that perhaps kei Komoro was marrying her because he was hoping to receive some kind of monetary gain from the relationship and by association the imperial family yes yes so now that they are married what do mako and kei Komoro plan to do
0: uh so actually that's a bit unclear media reports that they are moving to New York mm-hmm. uh, because uh, Kei Komura has a job uh, there. He works for a law firm. Mm-hmm. So I think it kind of is natural for Marco to join him. But yeah, so in the press conference, they didn't mention New York. As a foreign media, we actually had this question about what what's your plan after moving to New York, mm. uh, but they declined to answer saying that. You know, it's it's their private life. E- even about life, their life in New York, there are lots of reports in tabloids saying that oh, maybe his salary is not will not be good enough, or maybe working in a law firm in the US will be too tough, and mm. he he might get fired, and then and then what happens to them uh, because uh, you know they didn't receive money.
1: It very much sounds like they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. If the pair had taken the money, I'm sure someone would have criticized them for that. And now that they haven't taken the money, people are worried about Mako's financial security with him in the U.S. But how has the news of the potential move been received by the Japanese public?
0: I think it's quite divided. I see some people, especially I think people of their age, saying that, you know, they're happy for them. They can maybe have a new life uh, in the U.S., maybe more free. Mm. But uh, lots of people who are more traditional, or conservative, uh, they feel like they are running away uh, from criticism. Maybe they feel like the couple didn't answer many questions, which I, I you know, I feel they 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 did today at the press conference. Uh, but especially if you if you look at like Twitter. Mm. There are lots of, lots of, you can find lots of negative comments.
1: Yeah, that's hardly surprising. I wanted to raise the point that many elements of this story feel quite similar to that of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, who also left for America not that long after being married and were also treated pretty nicely by the tabloids in their home country. Is that comparison being made?
0: I I saw some... People making comparisons, mm. but recently more so by American media and the Japanese media picking picking that up. I think they have similarities in the way that they were criticized mm. by tabloids and uh, also online, and also moving to the US. I think people find it very similar, mm. but at the same time, I, I personally also feel that it's. it's Their cases can be quite different. For example, uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, I think they talk to, for example, like Oprah Winfrey. I I can't imagine Japanese royals talking to a US uh, TV talk show host.
1: So we're not going to see the same kind of expose and tell-all type program about the struggles within the imperial household?
0: I don't think so that might be interesting I mean if they had the chance to talk but yeah after attending the press conference I had the impression that they really really want to have a lead a quiet life without being chased by media
1: We've touched on the topic of how Japan's imperial household is shrinking in size due to this imperial household law that was set up in the post-war period that means that only men are allowed to take the throne and then only if they're descended from the male bloodline. And this also means that despite there being 17 members left of the imperial household, there's really only one young heir to the throne, Prince Hisahito. Is this a cause for concern in Japan?
0: Yes, so there are three male members. But one is, I think, is in his, like, 80s. And the second youngest is is the crown prince, Akishino. Mm, So, Maka's father. Mm. uh, He's in his 50s. Then his son, Hisahito. Mm -hmm. So, there was a lot of debate because if, for example, Hisahito will marry, but does not have a son, mm. then, then what happens? Is it the end of, you know, a Japanese royal family? Mm. So I think uh, Japanese media really started to, to talk about this issue and the government was actually supposed to uh, start discussions. But I would say the discussion has been really, really slow. They, they have a government panel mm. uh, discussing the issue uh, so they, I think they will compile a report, but timing is is unclear. They compile some kind of proposals this summer, and interestingly, one of the proposals include a plan to bring back a formal male royal member through adoption.
1: So this gets into serious genealogy territory, where they would tap into the extended bloodline of the imperial family looking for men who are related through the male bloodline to previous emperors just so that they can maintain this male bloodline rule. And the government would prefer this rather than allowing for an empress?
0: I think other proposals also include a plan to allow women to stay. Hmm. Uh, But right now it seems like letting women to ascend the throne, even letting uh, the... Son of a female royal member to ascend the throne. To some traditionalists, it seems a bit controversial move. So they're, they they are being very careful, mm-hmm. I think, in the discussions.
1: You raise a really interesting point there because it does seem strange, at least to me, that the way the current system of succession is set up means that even if Princess Mako now has a son, who would be grandson to the first in line to the throne. And the nephew of the second in line to the throne, there is no system for that son of Princess Mako to inherit the throne because he is not from the male bloodline.
0: Yeah. So, so currently, there is no system. And seeing the how the discussions are going, it's, it's it's I don't know for how many years, but I don't see that will happen very soon.
1: And what does the public think about these issues? are they behind allowing an empress to ascend to the throne or you know, changing that bloodline rule so that the son of a former princess could still be heir to the throne?
0: Yes, so actually when the media did surveys, uh, they show that the actually the majority of people support the idea of allowing women uh, to the throne. But the experts or the government members yeah they they've they've been very slow, so I think there is this gap uh, between uh the public accepting I think a change while conservative members or politicians they really prefer to preserve the tradition of like a male line mm. male members mm. instead of women actually in in history, we had like several empresses but it was really like long time ago
1: Mm. so there is historical precedent for having empresses it's not something that would be introduced for the first time
0: yeah 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 yeah.
1: what's your takeaway from covering how events have unfolded with princess mako do you think it will prompt any change inside the imperial family and maybe how the family is treated by the media and online
0: I, i do hope that there will be a change like positive change or pre not not just royal members but like i think anyone i think it's too much to be exposed to like online slanders and negative comments and i think recently we talk a lot about you know like mental illness Mm. and especially with social media it's it's tougher and well in japan or maybe in the uk royal members tend to be maybe a target of this kind of Attack. I hope you know it will progress, uh, but my fear is that uh, this uh, criticism uh, might continue for Marco or her, her family. And um, after after this big scandal and you know what Marco has been through, I, I'm afraid that there will be a lot of pressure on the remaining young your family members like her younger sister uh, her brother what happens to them when they find boyfriend girlfriends and when they get married uh you know is the public going to criticize them if we find some problems i i don't know
1: well natsuko thank you so much for joining me today thank you That was Natsuko Fukue, a reporter with AFP. Thank you so much to her for coming straight from the Imperial Press Conference to record this with us and for explaining the intricacies of Princess Mako's royal marriage. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or recommend the podcast to someone you think might enjoy it. That's it for this week. Thanks as always for tuning in. And until next time, Summer.